Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, an Atlanta-based company could be held liable for the recent train derailment in Ohio. Governor Kemp is pushing for longer sentences for gang members. And on this Valentine's Day, love is in the air at Atlanta's Piedmont Park. We'll have the details. These stories and more coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Federal environmental officials have notified Atlanta-based Norfolk Southern that they could be held liable for cleanup costs at the site of an Ohio train derailment. The Environmental Protection Agency sent the company a liability notice on Friday, a week after a train carrying hazardous materials derailed, forcing hundreds to evacuate. Nearly 600 local elections officials across Georgia are on Jekyll Island this week for annual training ahead of next year's presidential election cycle. GPB's Stephen Fowler has more from the conference. There are no major elections in 2023, but that doesn't mean the work stops for hundreds of local elections officials across the state. After controversies and false accusations of fraud in 2020, local elections went smoothly in 2021 and the 2022 midterms that included a high-profile U.S. Senate runoff. Gabriel Sterling, with the Secretary of State's office, applauded their efforts Monday morning. We truly do lead the nation in elections now. We've got attacked and attacked and dog cussed and everything else ensued. And y'all do a damn great job. Y'all make us look good. And we appreciate it. Big changes this year include a new voter registration system called Jarvis that should streamline the voting check-in process, absentee ballot processing, and updating your address if you move. For GPB News, I'm Stephen Fowler on Jekyll Island. The Georgia Emergency Management and Homeland Security Agency said yesterday two counties have been added to the major disaster declaration for the severe storms on January 12th. Pike County residents can now apply for individual assistance, which can include grants for temporary housing and home repairs, as well as low-cost loans for uninsured property losses. And Crisp County is now eligible for public assistance that could include financial help for government entities and some not-for-profits for debris removal and emergency work. A divided Georgia Senate this morning approved honoring U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas with a statue on the state capitol grounds. Majority Republicans pushed the plan through over Democratic objections to the Savannah-born justice. Georgia senators are backing Governor Brian Kemp's push for long prison sentences for gang members. The Senate voted 31 to 22 for Senate Bill 44 yesterday. It would add a mandatory five years to prison sentences for anyone convicted of a gang crime and 10 years for anyone convicted of recruiting minors into a gang. The measure moves to the House for more debate. Only about 350 North Atlantic right whales remain, making them one of the world's most endangered species. One of their leading causes of death is entanglements with fishing gear. Last month, teams from the Georgia Department of Natural Resources helped disentangle not one but two of the whales from fishing gear, giving them a chance at survival. These were two rare success stories for the species, and DNR biologist Clay George was part of both rescues. He spoke with GPB's Orlando Montoya about the rescue operation on the whale nicknamed Argo. So walk me through the process, if you could, of, of untangling a right whale. Uh, what's the first thing that you and your partners do when you get the call that 
there's an endangered whale that has been spotted. Yeah, well, unfortunately, this is something that happens you know, more frequently than we would, would like. We see about one entangled right whale per calving season down here in the southeast U.S. And so basically the first thing we have to do is figure out what the situation is. Um, sometimes whales are entangled in rope and it's not life-threatening. But other times it's evident that the whale needs help. Sometimes it's entangled in a, in a way that would be life-threatening for it if someone uh, isn't able to help it. How hard is it even to locate the whale? That's a great question, Orlando. So that's one of the biggest problems with with whale entanglements from a conservation perspective is that these whales move around all over the place from, you know, from Florida to Canada. And uh, once they become chronically entangled, it's really just a matter of luck as to whether or not they're seen by a, a boat or an aircraft and there's a team nearby that can respond promptly and find them, which is really a good segue to the entangled whale that we um, documented um, uh, on the 20, January 27th through 29th. That whale was spotted off of North Carolina by a Clearwater Marine Aquarium whale survey aircraft. And some folks from Duke University were nearby and were able to get out there with the whale on the 27th, the first day it was seen. But they were on, it was getting late in the day and they weren't able to successfully attach a, a tracking buoy. So kind of on a, on a bit of a lark, we got a team together from Georgia and Florida and drove up to North Carolina uh, the next day, hoping that the survey plane would relocate the whale again. Uh, which almost never happens. But in this case, sure enough, next morning on the 28th, they found the whale. Uh, we were able to get out in the water, meet the folks from Duke University and get a, a tracking buoy attached to it. And the following day, because we were tracking it, we were able to, to um, catch up with it. Once you get to the whale, can you describe the size of the whale versus the size of your boat, the small inflatable boat that you call a combat boat that you approach the whale with? Yeah, we call this thing a combat boat because um, they're similar to the types of boats that Navy SEALs use. It uh, turns out they're really good for um, certain types of um, whale responses because we can uh, boat up to that rope that the whale's dragging behind it, grab a hold of the rope, kick the engine up and turn the engine off and essentially get dragged behind the whale. And that way we don't have um, a, a boat engine and propeller in the water, um, potentially annoying the whale or getting caught up in the ropes. Uh, and so uh, that's the, the vessel that we used on the 29th to disentangle this whale Argo. Uh, we basically pulled up behind, close behind the flukes. Uh, and one of my coworkers was able to use this special type of cutting tool called a flying knife. It's basically a knife that's attached to a piece of rope with a buoy on the other end. And it fixes into a little holder on a pole. And you can reach out and grab a hold of this heavy rope. The knife pops out and then you're left holding this rope and buoy which allows you to put a lot of pressure on this really thick rope that you otherwise wouldn't be able to cut. Um, Mark was up in the bow of the combat inflatable cutting these ropes. And the thing that was really surprising to all of us was we just assumed it might be one or two wraps of rope around this whale's uh, tailstock. But in fact, there were six or seven ropes. And over about a 20 minute period, he was able to, um, to cut all of those loops. Yes, I've seen the video. It's not much a disentanglement as it is you would untangle your shoes more like cutting off the entanglement. Yeah, that's right. Most of the time when these animals become chronically entangled, the rope is either twisted up in such a way or knotted in such a way that it's simply just not going to come off on its own. And so uh, typically, if we're able to help these animals and, and remove that rope, it requires cutting the rope. Uh, and, and people may ask if they see that video, do you run the risk of cutting the whale? And, um, 
the, those that special knife has uh, this flying knife has a little nib on the end that uh, allows you to kind of pull it down the whale's back or skin and uh, catch that rope without cutting the whale. That said, you know, uh, in a life-threatening entanglement, you know, our primary uh, interest other than human safety is just getting that rope off the whale. So sometimes um, we do have to use some tools that um, can at least cause um, some superficial superficial cuts on the animal. And does the whale behave as if it knows you're helping or does it try to get away? Well, every case I've worked in the past, these right whales are really evasive. They'll uh, just move uh, four or five knots through the water constantly and not slow down, stay subsurface, make frequent course changes to keep you from being able to approach them easily in boats. This case was quite unique, though. Uh, Initially, the whale was being evasive, but about halfway through the operation, uh, and we only noticed this really once we were able to watch the video afterwards and process it all mentally, uh, the whale really started to slow down. And by the end of it, it was almost motionless in the water with it just holding its flukes out while um, Mark was able to make these cuts. You guys ready to pull? Yes. Pull. Okay, okay, oh, right Hold there, right there, right there. Okay. We're over top of the fluke. He's down about four feet. Down about four feet. All right. How do you train for this? <laughs> yeah, well, there are some basic things that we can do, uh, especially learning how to attach buoys to rope. Well, actually, every year we go out and here in um, Brunswick River and we'll uh, drag a rope around with one boat and practice a- approaching it with a second boat and attaching, uh, you know, um, throwing a grapple at it to catch and snag that rope so we can try putting a telemetry buoy on. Uh, we learned a lot of these techniques from scientists at a place called Center for Coastal Studies up in Provincetown, Massachusetts. They're, they're, they're really the ones that invented a lot of these techniques for uh, disentangling whales. That said, uh, at some point, you have to graduate to where you're actually boating up you know, to these 40-foot-long, 40-ton animals and, and start cutting ropes off of them. And how does it feel when you finally let the whale go free? Oh, it feels uh, terrific. In this case, it was especially sweet because um, back in uh, 2021, there was a whale down here his, who doesn't have a nickname. His, his uh, cat, photo ID catalog number is 1803. He had a very similar entanglement to Argo. He had what appeared to be a lobster pot wrapped around his fluke. Unfortunately, he was seen two days in a row just before dark. We were on the water both times and did our best to try to cut this rope off of him and uh, the pod off of him and and um, attach a, tra- a tracking buoy, but it was, he was extremely evasive. Uh, we weren't able to approach him and 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 help him, and he hasn't been seen since, and is um, suspected to have died. So um, you know, with only 350 or so right whales left on the on North Atlantic right whales left, every single animal is really important to the survival of the species. So yes, it feels really good to be able to to give them um, the help. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for talking to me. Clay George, wildlife biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources and Whale Watcher, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Orlando. If you plan to attend this week's Artist Talk at Columbus State University, you might want to get there as early as possible because the event just got a little more prestigious. Academy Award-winning director Steven Spielberg is expected to attend, along with scores of other guests, Spielberg's attendance prompted a change of venue to the CSU Riverside Theater main stage in downtown Columbus. 
Moderated by Columbus native Amy Sherald, who painted the official portrait of former First Lady Michelle Obama, the talk will feature another Columbus native, Bo Bartlett, as well as Kate Capshaw. Spielberg is married to Capshaw, who is known for being an actor and an artist. Her exhibition, Unaccompanied, is billed as an artistic outgrowth of her inquiry into the invisibility of youth experiencing homelessness. Her work will be on display at the center alongside Bartlett's Earthly Matters exhibition, starting with a public reception on February 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. Attendance at the Artist Talk, Reception, and Exhibitions is free and open to the public. This Valentine's Day, several couples plan to take part in a massive wedding ceremony in Piedmont Park officiated by Atlanta's mayor. GPB's Amanda Andrews reports. Piedmont Park's Greystone venue will host the Mary Wee Mass Wedding Ceremony with over 20 couples participating. The ceremony will be officiated by Mayor Andre Dickens with couples paying $1,000. That includes the cost of their marriage license, a reception, professional photographs, and a gift. Crystal Love is the founder of Mary Wee, an Atlanta-based wedding planning company. She says the goal is to take stress off couples getting married. We are going all out for these couples, and we should because it's their wedding day. So we're super, super excited about it. So for them, they get to focus on each other. They get to focus on their love. They get to focus on their marriage, and we focus on the wedding. Love says the 5 p.m. ceremony will be held outdoors, so the general public is welcome to watch. For GPB News, I'm Amanda Andrews in Atlanta. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. To ensure that you remember to tune in tomorrow, subscribe to this podcast. GPB's reporters will be pumping out the news and will deliver it to you on this podcast. So subscribe now. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. That way other people can find this podcast more easily. And if you've got some feedback for us, of course, we would love to hear it. Send it to us by email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.